Here we are, The Crave Show with Jay, Russ, and Chris. We are back. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Sorry, I had to move my sandwich before my dog gets a little frisky. <laughs> How's it going? You got, good, man. Very good. You, you guys are, uh, Summerfest is in full swing, right? Full swing. Yeah. How's it going? Are you having fun? I'm having a great time. Um, we had a little bit of a weather hold yesterday afternoon and then again this morning. Um, but otherwise, it's been beautiful weather, great skies. Um, I think it's been a pretty safe event, which is kind of how I, I – that's the metric, the number one metric I use for um, whether it's good or not. And uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about a lot of – you know, it's a boogie, and sometimes there's a little bit of unsafe stuff, but uh, we try to try to handle that as much as we can. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard, I heard that you've been jumping. I got a message from one of my friends earlier today, and uh, she said that they've, they've been jumping with you for the past four days, just having a blast, just <laughs> so much fun jumping with you and learning from you. And they, they just were like so stoked. Yeah, I, th I think that's Nas and uh, Lorena. Yes, um, that's exactly right. Yeah, so, yeah, they've been in my group a bunch and having a really good time. They sadly had to leave today. Um, they changed their flights from last night to this afternoon, I guess, trying to squeeze in a couple more jumps. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were great and learned a lot. I hope it certainly seemed to translate into their flying. So good cool. stuff. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've jumped with both of them a lot, spent time in the tunnel with both of them. They're, they're really fun girls. Really fun. Yeah. Well, they, um, part of what the end of the end of the conversations that we had was, uh, Hey, can, can we organize something where you come to San Marcos? So yes. uh, I love they, it. That's awesome, wanted, man. Yeah. So I might be headed down there. We we looked at some dates on the calendar and they're gonna get back to me. So maybe Very be down cool. there. That's yeah. excellent. Well, and that's what you and I were talking about. We were already talking about that, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So very good. Okay, well let me know if uh yeah, we need to make that happen for sure. That would be really cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So how how has it been going? Anything uh what you <sighs> said you all had a weather hold? What, yeah. Um Weather holds are, you know, I mean, it's, it's skydiving and, and, uh, obviously I think everyone understands that we can't control the weather, but it's a good opportunity at Summerfest. At least we have, um, kind of vendor row where, um, a lot of suit manufacturers and rig manufacturers and canopies and everybody sets up a tent so that, um, I don't know what the, I, I don't know what the average jump number would be for Summerfest. I would guess around five or 600 jumps would be the average, um, but you know, just you can gather a lot of information. You can test gear. Um, you can you can rent suits. You can use suits. There's an earplug manufacturer who will make you custom earplugs on the spot. Uh, UPT will let you jump their rig if if you want. You can demo canopies. You can jump your not your actual physical reserve, but a same size reserve. PD will hook up a reserve for you. Um, so weather holds are you know we're not jumping, but it's still an opportunity for people to to get out there and talk to talk to vendors and, and maybe try something new. Um, I gave a seminar about angle flying during our weather hold this morning that I don't, I don't know how many people were there, maybe 40 or 50 people were listening and, um, you know, so a good opportunity and we get back to jumping and, and get up in the air. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so earlier, before we started recording, you said you were about to say something about a couple of people came up to you and said, said something or something. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I just, I've been approached many times, I think three or four times today, but a bunch of times, um, that I think despite the fact that there's not a lot of people in the audience, there are a lot of people listening to the podcast afterwards because 
you know, um, people that jump here. I just, I had a guy, Kevin, who um, was formerly a camera flyer for the sponsored belly team at Scott of Chicago. And he came up to me and said he had listened to our podcast with Tex and, and he's like, man, I, I he's, you know, he's predominantly a belly flyer and, and said, uh, I, I didn't really know what you guys were doing. And, and uh, he's like, I learned so many things from that podcast. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It wow. was super cool. And um, just, just had people randomly stop me and say, Hey, thanks for doing that podcast. I'm learning a ton. Um, so the, the one that we did with Monica, where there was a, a canopy collision, I actually mm -hmm. met, uh, the guy that the other was the other half of that Matt, he's mm -hmm. at Summerfest, super nice guy. And, um, you know, just had a chance to chat with them, uh, a little bit more. And, and, um, I think that was, a they've talked a lot, a pretty, pretty big learning moment for him. So. I mean, just, just nice to get that feedback, you know? Yeah, that's very, man, that makes me feel so good. I'm so yeah. thankful to hear that. That's very good. And we've had, you know, some people leaving comments on YouTube and, and Facebook and stuff, just saying, thank you, saying they've enjoyed it, that they're learning stuff, saying, keep, keep doing it. You guys, we're listening. We're listening. So yeah, that's, that makes me, that's very good. And, and I, I hope that's the case. I hope that it's a, a benefit to people that are learning stuff. I'm learning. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I would like, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, just same thing. I'm, I'm going to say it again, but if you are listening, um, please feel free to reach out to us with questions, uh, topics that you want us to discuss, topics that you want us to research. Uh, you know, we've said it. We, we don't know everything. And if you have something you want to know, if we don't know the answer, we will try to find it or we'll find someone that does. We'll have them on. But, um, you know, I mean, that, that's the whole point is that we all learn. We get better. We get safer. We have more fun. We take care of one another. Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say the same thing. Like, uh, if you're if you're listening, kind of after the fact that, I, I I know enough people in the sport that I th I think I can I can just keep getting guests and and we'll have conversations about safety and you know trying to learn from things that have happened and um, but it is really it is really nice you know the people that, that I've had a couple of people suggest topics that we were able to to take on and and that's great and just getting that feedback or, or videos, like you said, it, it's just really nice to have not just what I come up with, but what, what other people would really like to hear. Cause yeah. that's what I want to talk about. Man. I, I really enjoyed that conversation last week. I mean, I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have much input to give <laughs> because you, you guys were just covering so much and, and going into in depth on such good stuff. But man, I was really, really good. Just talking about exit order and, and leading movement, all that stuff. And, uh, I found for myself, even just after the fact, and I was out at the drop zone organizing a, two different days, and it's like, it, it helped. It, it changed the way that I was thinking about things. It helped with a couple of conversations. Um, I, you know, it, it was helping me think through things in, in a little bit different way, which I think was a very good way, positive way. So um, I, I loved that conversation. If you, if you didn't yeah. hear that episode about, um, exit order and leading movement jumps. Go back and listen to it. Episode seven, really good, really good. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I've, I've done a lot of angles just over the years, and I do a lot during Summerfest, but it was, for me, it was really nice to hear from Tex and, and just, um, you know, in a similar vein to like when, when I talk about VFS, man, I've spent a lot of time thinking about VFS and, and how to how to do it better, I guess. And I, I, you know, I get that sense from text about how much time he spent trying to be better at that discipline. And, and not only that, but 
but then convey that information to other people, which is, is just super nice. And, and mm -hmm. I really liked, uh, really liked a lot of things that he had to say. It's great. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hey, so since we're talking about Summerfest a little bit, how, how have you seen, what year did you start skydiving? 2002. Oh, okay. Oh, for some reason I thought you'd been skydiving longer than that. I mean, I made it, I made it a, a static line jump in, uh, 1992 or three. Wait a minute. So, you, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm doing like math people, in my head. I'm like, what? Yeah. Some people count that as, um, their first moment. I mean, I, I did jump out of a plane and I, I landed a parachute. Um, but I think that my real start of skydiving was in 2002 where okay, I really so started jumping. 2002. Mm. So 21 years, no, mm, 21 years you've been, and you have 24,000 skydives. You've, Around 21. You, 21,000. Mm. You've been averaging a thousand skydives a year since you started. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't crazy. kept a log book and for a while, but, um, I do get a report from the drop zone at the end of every year. And, um, yeah, when we were, there were a couple of years that I made less than a thousand, um, but then there were three and a half years in Dubai where we were doing, my team was doing about 2000 jumps. Um, and then I did other jumps beyond that. We were, we wow. were jumping so much. Uh, oh my goodness. And, um, you know, one of the reasons, like there's some other VFS teams that are out there and, and, uh, like I, I do a lot of military work in, in Arizona. And, um, when I'm there, sometimes I see the, the local VFS teams there and, uh, if I'm already in town, I'll, I'll just go and, and help them out at the tunnel and, and coach them for a little while. And it's just, I feel like the opportunity that Steph and I got and a couple other people is just so unlike anything that happens in the normal skydiving world. And, and some of it has to do maybe with the talent that we had or the personality that we had, but to be honest, man, we were in the right place at the right time. And, and we just had this opportunity that, I'm not going to say nobody's going to get, but it's going to be a while before something like that happens where somebody looks at a team and says, just get as good as you can. All mm -hmm. the jumps, all the tunnel, it's all free. Um, and, and I just want to, I, as, as much as I can, I want to share that with other people. Cause I, I know mm -hmm. how maybe not unique, but, but pretty close to unique that opportunity was. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, so on the, on the Summerfest thing, the boogie, what I was going to ask you is how have you seen, have you seen boogies change a lot over the past 20 years? Did you, oh, yeah. when you first started, were you going to boogies a lot? Yeah. I, I mean, even back then I was, I was charging, like I, I did more, I don't know, 1200 jumps my first year or something. I had a buddy that, um, Graham who <clears throat> he and I rock climbed together, skied together, kayak together, whatever. Um, we were, you know, kind of like the super bad guys, <laughs> just hard to separate. Um, and he actually, he, he went overseas and, and did a tandem in South Africa on like a semester at sea program. And then he wrote me a postcard back when postcards were still a thing and, uh, said, Hey, when I get back, do you want to start skydiving? I had been racing motorcycles and just was banged up a lot. And I, said, I was coming off my last knee surgery and said, okay, let's, let's do it. And, um, we were both charging and, and I wanted to, I don't know, learn as much as I could. So I, I did start going to boogies. I think I, that first year in 2002, I went to couch freaks or maybe 2003, 2000, 
four, three was my first Summerfest. And I would say there's, there's been an, a strong evolution in boogies that those first, um, those first few that I went to were so heavily weighted on the partying side. Every, everybody was just a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs. Um, and maybe not as many skydives, even though there were a lot of skydives going on. And I, man, I went there cause they were like, well, you can jump as much as you want. And I had two rigs and I hired a packer and I was just literally every load walking to the loading area being like, cause can anybody free fly? Do you want to jump with me? Um, and then this one guy showed up from my DZ, Jason Snailham, uh, he's an English guy. And because he also wanted to jump, we ended up on, I just kind of, I mean, I've kind of hung on his coattails to be honest and he could fly head down and I couldn't, but I, I just got jump after jump after jump with Jason and he kind of did a great job introducing me to free flying. And, um, but over the years, what I feel like I've seen is that the boogies have shifted away from partying a little bit and gotten more into like, people are expecting something out of their boogie. They, they want to go there and, and come out with more knowledge or more skill or, or the, I feel like there's still some boogies that, that have that theme and nothing wrong with that if, if that's your thing. Um, but I, I've tried to structure the way that we do Summerfest as almost like mini skills camps that each day is a skills camp for you, um, that you hopefully hook up with an organizer and your skill set and the, the discipline that you want to do and that you're able to stay with that organizer. So you get some consistent information and, and you're, your skills can progress and it's not just one zoo dive after the other, but like a, a logical progression of, of trying to teach people to be better and safer skydivers. And I feel like that's worked really well. Um, and I see that, I mean, not like it was, uh, you know, like I've changed the world. I, I, I did try to change Scott of Chicago and, and then also Scott of Sebastian where I, I have a little bit of influence on their uh, invasion boogie. Um, but I, I feel like that's kind of a theme around the skydiving world. Yeah, well, that that's kind of what I was going to, my next question, because I've noticed, I mean, I didn't start skydiving until 2013. I got my license, and then we were living overseas, so I really didn't get to jump that much those first few years until we moved back to Texas. So really, in 2017, 2018 is when I really started mm. jumping consistently. I was working at the tunnel, so that's kind of when I think my, my progression kind of started to I really was able to put time and energy and effort into learning and growing and progressing. Um, but I've, I've found myself, you know, sometimes talking to somebody, somebody who doesn't skydive and say something about a, a boogie and like, what is a, a boogie? What's that? And so I found myself like trying to just explain what a boogie is, but I've heard all these stories like from the good old days or the olden, you know, how boogies used to be I'm like, well, that's not really what they are anymore. Not the boogies I've been to. So it's like, I end up just saying, ah, it's just an excuse for a bunch of skydivers to get together and spend the weekend jumping. Like, you know, but yeah. So my question is, my question is, and you, you kind of answered it already, unless you want to add something, but what makes a good boogie? Like what, what is it? And, and I think you, you may have said it. I don't know if there's more to say, but that's kind of what I was thinking about. Like if you were to plan, if you had free reign to just plan a boogie and you could make it exactly what you wanted it to be, what would it be? Would it be pretty similar to what Summerfest is already? Yeah. I mean, there. look, there's, there's people here who are partying and, and I'm going to serve drinks after this podcast. And, you know, I'm sure there's um, a, a fair share of all kinds of things that are happening after hours. 
not all the jumps are what I said, where it's kind of a learning environment, you know, there there's costume things, theme jumps every day of like where the colors of your country was a couple of days ago. And then I think yesterday was like leopard print or something like that. And today was, um, today was, there was a two, two Tuesday. And, and so, I mean, I, I don't mean to say that you're going to school when you come here, there's, there's lots of other things going on. I'm just saying that it, it, it we can accommodate lots of different plans for boogies but one of them that i think is a growing plan is to get something out of it to learn um, to go back with a new skill set or a new knowledge base and i think that a, a much larger percentage of our participants are are here for that and that i i love this boogie i i think uh i think this is what boogie should be yeah, that's cool. So what advice would you give? And, and this is, I mean, I want to hear this advice, but I'm hoping there's other people too. Um, because it's pretty common for most boogies to have organizers. And so lots of times, you know, the the people organizing the boogie, the DZO or the drop zone manager or whatever, they're inviting people from other places, other drop zones to come organize at the boogie. So what advice do you have to what what makes a good organizer specifically at a boogie? Like, how can I really be um, serving the, the skydiving community when I'm at a boogie and I'm organizing? Well, I, I mean, I think that in a similar way, that culture has shifted alongside the boogie shift and, and maybe they're kind of lockstep. Um, when I, when I took over for Scott of Chicago, like organizing the organizers, um, I felt that I had been here for like 10 years pretty consistently as a customer. And I, I felt that there were several years where the number one, there weren't enough organizers and number two, that the people were here, uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know how to politically correct say this, but kind of still had a sky God attitude. Like, Hey, I'm going to jump with my friends that are good. And if you get better, maybe you can try next year. Um, and I really didn't like that. And and even when I, I got to a skill set that was acceptable in their eyes and I, I got to join that group, the jumps were fun, but I, I kind of already had not the best taste in my mouth about the way that that had been run. And and like the year before I took over, um, I was here as a customer and, and there were two organizers that they never jumped with anybody other than like one of them was a female. She jumped with her boyfriend the whole time and one of the friend and never even approached another person. And there wasn't a lot of oversight of that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, during this boogie, a couple of um, Canadian guys, we get a ton of Canadian people uh, for the boogie and, and they've been a great crew year after year after year. And um, one of the guys, Alex, introduced me to two different guys who are, who are Canadian guys. And, and, and even as he was asking me, like, can I introduce you to him? I was like, you, for sure you can, Alex. Um, but listen, I, what I want is really low on the ego side and really high on the like helping side. So if these guys don't fit that bill, I don't really want to talk to them. And he said, no, 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 they're great. That's exactly right. Like, um, so it doesn't always work. Like sometimes I'll take recommendations because what, uh, Rook, when I say that Rook Nelson, the DZO, what he wants is for, the compilation of the organizers to basically represent a lot of different regions and, and not come from Chicago per se. Um, even though a few people do, um, he wants California and he wants Florida and, and Canada and, and South America. Um, you know, and, um, if we can 
if we can have representation that doesn't isn't so echo chambery then then that's what he wants so um uh, i that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for people who are uh, a good skill set and and something to offer and also pretty humble and and pretty grounded as far as um not gonna not gonna have too heavy of an ego yeah yeah, yeah. that's good well um so i think we're gonna have um andrea is gonna join us here in in a, in a couple minutes um mm -hmm you had invited her to be on the show with us and I, I talked to her a little bit. So I think she's going to be getting on, uh, here in a minute. I sent her the link, um, before, before she gets on or while we're waiting for her to, for her to join us. Um, can we talk just for a second about, um, can you give me any tips on coaching head down, <laughs> teaching and coaching head down? Can you, can you give me any tips on that well, specifically coaching it and not, not, you know, I mean, you understand what I'm, I'm saying like, yeah. How do I help people um, learn to fly head down better? How do I be a better coach at that? There's Andrea. Hey. Hey, Andrea. Hello. Can you hear us? Right. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Good to see yeah. you. We're, yeah. just, we're just chatting for a second about, about um, head down flying and, and coaching head down stuff. I'm putting, I'm putting Jay Russ on the spot. <laughs> well, I, I think that a lot of times when it's brand new, like somebody hasn't done any head down, I want to, I want to convey to them that, um, even though the progression for the wind tunnel is, um, the belly back, sit, head down or head up, head down, um, and head down is last, that that's only based on wind speed and not necessarily difficulty. Um, and so I try and link it back theoretically to, Hey, remember when you're on your back, and it was a little disorienting, right? You don't normally view the world that way. And so the right body position had you kind of looking at the top of the tunnel, but it took a little while to sort of wrap your mind around the fact that it's just not normal. Like belly and head up are both very intuitive as far as like what you're looking at and the sight picture that you have. Um, and head down is, is again gonna be like that. So like the when you first get upside down, it's gonna take your mind a, a second or, or maybe a few minutes to adjust. And then for you, I think the easiest thing for them is if you can go upside down with them. Um, they're still holding the net. You're doing, you know, supported head down. The instructor has a ton of control. Um, but then once you get upside down with them, that, that can help that transition of, of the sort of the mind mapping of, hey, what am I doing right now? Um, I think it's important to share with people that um, they have been vertical their entire life and that they're doing it while you're talking to them and that all we're looking for is to flip that picture over and bend their legs 90 degrees if you're teaching shelf yeah and that can really help people too because a lot of times with adults like and I, i'm guessing you've gotten this chris but when i when i would take kids in the tunnel they, they were so much easier to teach because because they just let the tunnel be what it was and they mm. they didn't mess it up with what they thought it was supposed to be and so uh, if you if you can tell people look you've been you've been vertical your whole life man you're doing it right now and you don't walk around with your chin up or, or your chest out or your chin on your chest or whatever just we're going to get upside down on the net and and stretch your body out and just what you are right now we're going to flip over and that can really help people not muddy the water with what they mm. think it's supposed to be that's good, man. That's very good. I'm absolutely going to use that. Um, yeah. 
Okay, thank you. Yeah. Very good. Andrea, we're glad yes. you're here. Thank you for joining I'm glad us. Glad to be here. Yeah. Jairus, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you, man. Can you Well, first of all, I mean, you asked me about Summerfest, but I'm I'm pretty deep in the organization of Summerfest, so I don't know if I'm the most unbiased observer. So Andrea, how's our Summerfest doing? Uh I'd say I'd say pretty good. In general, yeah. it's definitely my must-go-to boogie of the year because, I don't know, you kind of did a great job explaining. You kind of have everything. If you want to go to bed early and be on first load and learn a lot and have really great organized jumps, there's that. But you want to take a day to just do fun inflatable or costume jumps with your friends, you can do that or stay up late and do the events and parties. So kind of has everything. Yeah, I'd say you, cool. you guys do a pretty good job. Okay. Excellent. And, and I mean, you've been coming for like a decade or more, so it, we can't be doing too bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Canadians yeah. travel far for it, so it's a good indication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have so many of you guys and, and hopefully more next year, uh, which is an opportunity, I guess. You know the um, who, who, oh, shoot, now I'm forgetting who Alex recommended to me, an angle organizer, maybe Tommy? Mm -hmm. Is I that right? So. Yeah, about my size Quebec. guy and yeah and then a taller guy who also does angles and i'm i'm unable to remember his name but alex had what do you think of tommy how's he i just met him so okay. i cannot right. explain because canada's large we don't actually all yeah, know each other <laughs> um, so i just met him here but i mean i feel like alex i know alex really well and so I feel like yeah. his recommendation means it's probably good. Alex is pretty okay. level-headed and, and knows his stuff. So. Perfect. All right. So I, in the, I, I didn't talk much with Andrea beforehand, similar to other guests, because I, I want the conversation to kind of develop organically, and I, I don't want to cloud it up with, with uh, my thoughts. But Chris and I have, have – um, I mean, Chris's platform for Crave is a teaching platform – and um, a heavy emphasis on safety and, and trying to learn and, and have better, safer skydivers. And um, so I'll, uh, just a tiny bit of background that, that I know about Andrea, and then I'm going to let her tell her own story um, of coming to Summerfest for many years, and I, I believe that's how we met. And, um, and then at some point, I, I would hazard a guess at six years ago, um, but uh, not exactly sure. I, I heard from a friend uh, that you, that Andrea had had an accident. Um, the information I got, or as I recall, is that it was um, a canopy accident, um, and that it had been pretty serious. Uh, and and so I th I think that's all the introduction that I'm going to give, and and I'm going to let Andrea take it from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, good memory on, on the years. It's coming up to six years on August 20th. Um, yeah, so I, where do I start? At the beginning? <laughs> Wherever you want. It's, it's, a, it's a podcast that yeah. takes an hour. Um, we'll, we'll probably interrupt and ask questions anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, I met Jay Russ here at Summerfest. Uh, my first Summerfest was in 2013. I was trying to figure it out this week. Uh, in 2013, and... 2011 kind of similar to what you said i think my first jump was in 2009 but i don't count that as like the start of yeah my jumping um 
2011 is when I got solo certified, but 2012 is when I actually started like having my own gear and, and jumping a lot, I'd say. So kind of shortly after that, I was starting to attend Summerfest. Um, and then had progressed a lot in my jumping. I did a lot of free fly, head down, angles, kind of did a lot of tunnel. Um, yeah, really liked learning new things in the sport and trying everything. Tried wingsuiting as well. Also love that. Just involves a whole bunch of other gear that's needed. <laughs> um, and yeah, in uh, shortly after Summerfest in 2017, uh, I had a skydiving accident. I can get into more details, but hit the ground quite hard um, and wasn't... Uh, it was, it was super bad in that I have a permanent disability from it, but it wasn't like ever life-threatening. I didn't break anything else except one vertebrae in my spine um, that kind of burst inwards and got into my spinal cord. Um, so I have a spinal cord injury, uh, technically a paraplegic, um, though a lot of people don't kind of fully know what that entails because uh, I am ambulatory and up walking around. Um, that's the gist of it. <laughs> and then, Wherever you want to know more information, yeah. you can get can you, into it. Do you mind telling us about the accident? Like, does, can, do you mind telling us what happened? Yeah, I don't like fully remember everything. I feel like um, I don't. I think it was surpri surprising that it was me, at least in the group, because everyone was like, "Andrew's very like conservative. Uh, like, I don't. I'm not swooping. I don't really do." crazy things under canopy I'm usually just trying to get down safe um it was just a 90 degree turn uh, I kind of got distracted on landing there was a couple things I guess I was coming from Summerfest where I was uh demoing a, a 97 canopy katana and then I was going back to my 107 so I feel like I knew I was like oh this isn't going to be as responsive as I want um I was landing kind of at a a bit of an uphill part of the landing area um, so I just think when I knew I was coming in fast and maybe going to injure my legs that I tucked my legs up and instead landed on my landed on my ass. And that was enough to just kind of fracture my L2 vertebrae. Um, yeah. And, oh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I was just curious. You said that you do have a permanent disability, but you're also able to walk around. What can you, what, what is that? What do you, can you explain that to me? Like, the, the paraplegic, but also being able to move and you're still able to jump and stuff? Yeah, so... Uh, I'm just very curious. Yeah. Is, that, is that okay? I mean, I... No, no it, it is. It is. Okay. Um, so when I was first injured, basically it'd be more so what people assume as paraplegic, like below the waist, everything was numb, couldn't move anything, couldn't feel anything. Okay. A host of, of other issues, like going to the bathroom and all these other things that people kind of don't realize come with that as well um, affecting like your whole nervous system mm. um, and so in a wheelchair uh, you know I was in the hospital for 10 days I got surgery on my spine and have like rods and it's fused now um, kind of like most of my lower back is fused um, not a great arch anymore <laughs> and um, was in rehab for two months, kind of learning how to use a wheelchair and how to navigate life with disability. Um, and from that point, like you, you don't really know every, you know, I've known before my injury, I had two skydiver friends that had broken their spine and they weren't walking, but then 
within three weeks or a month, they were kind of back up and functioning fairly normally. Um, so I was a bit naive about my injury. And, you know, I was like, oh, this has happened to friends. Like, oh, this is going to take up a couple months, but I'll be walking out of rehab in no time, um, which wasn't the case. Um, I didn't really gain anything back in the two months that I was in rehab. I continued doing private physiotherapy outside of that. Um, which actually was from, if you know, Rovez and Sophie J. Russ, uh, yeah. through skydivers that I found this specific clinic as well. So, you know, really, really helping me out there from some paramedics who had a friend who started a spinal cord injury rehab center, um, private center. So my skydiving friend reached out to me and said, have you thought about like post rehab rehab? And I honestly hadn't when she asked me. So again, the sky fam really takes care of you. Um, I went there after and just was working on trying to gain anything back that I could. You don't really know with spinal cord injuries. They can't really give you a prognosis. I mean, they tend to be pretty negative. Like when I asked, they were like, you're not going to walk again. Or, you know, statistically, it's really low. Or wherever you are one year from now is like where you're going to plateau. And I found none of that to be true from people I've met, from my own experience. Um, so I think it was, I was just naive and stubborn and I was like, well, I'm going to try and get what I can back um, and have slowly gotten, gotten a lot back. So that's why I say I'm, I'm ambulatory. I wear AFOs, which are ankle foot orthotics. So kind of just braces around my, like below the knee, supporting my ankles. Um, and I use hiking poles, but I started in a wheelchair. I still use a wheelchair now and kind of worked my way up through various medical devices and walkers and crutches and hiking poles and where I'm at now is that I'm walking with, with AIDS usually. Um, so that's kind of a description of my disability. Uh, but yeah, te like technically I'm a paraplegic because it affects my lower body. I just think people assume paraplegic means you're fully paralyzed below the waist yeah. and, and can't do things. So I generally find it's just easier to say I have a spinal cord injury. Um, mm. That kind of encompasses my reality better, I guess, or lines up with what, what people envision better. <laughs> Um, so you, how, when do you, when do you use a wheelchair and when do you walk, walk with the walking sticks or canes or whatever? And yeah, how do you... it depends on the situation, the environment I'm in. Uh, I don't use my wheelchair very often anymore. I kind of reached a place where it was easier for me, um, in my progression at some point, even though it was slow, like maybe to run an errand, like go pick up groceries I reached a point where I was like oh walking is actually easier than me like putting my wheelchair in and out of the car because that's a process that you know I kind of got down and it's fast but kind of reached a point that it was easier to walk than do that so kind of taking into consideration those things also where I am um, if it's accessible in a wheelchair and it's super long distances like I went um, I don't know, but I went to the Paralympics in 2021 and that like where team Canada was living to the cafeteria was like a kilometer away to get food and things like that. And it was fully accessible obviously for the Paralympics. So that was easy to have a chair and kind of more efficient. Like I could get there. It was really hot. So I could get there, conserve energy for the competition, just kind of quicker, easier, easier to put a food tray on my lap and hold it in my yeah. hands. Like when I have crutches, I can't really carry things. So there's, there's a lot going into the decision-making process of like what, aids I use but generally whatever is going to help me be the most independent and mobile and comfortable I know some people actually Jay Russ I know you came up to me I think a couple years ago at Summerfest when I had my wheelchair and you were like I thought 
you were up walking, so I'm just wondering because you're in a chair still. And I was like, yeah, no, it's it's not a, not a bad thing. I think people are like, oh, I thought you were out of the wheelchair, which is so good. Now that you're in a wheelchair, isn't that bad again? Mm -hmm. um, but I think people kind of are relating. It's just misconceptions are bad representation of disability, right? Like a wheelchair is not a negative thing. It's actually a very helpful tool to like get me around and I can be more independent in it and have less pain or, you know, there's so many reasons people use wheelchairs um, as opposed to walking. And it, while it can seem like that would make your life difficult, I'm like, actually my disability makes life difficult and a wheelchair makes it a lot easier as opposed mm -hmm. to like life in a wheelchair being difficult. Um, I kind of like to rephrase that. Like a wheelchair is actually really helpful when you have my disability. I think with a disability is difficult and that's a helpful tool as opposed to yeah. thinking of the that's mobility very, device a, as the negative part. That's good. Yeah. My, I, mindset, you're just deciding what you're going to focus on. You know, that's, you're going to focus on the positive or the negative. That's good. It's really good. Andrea, can I, can I ask, um, just going back to the, the actual incident, you said Katana 107? Yep. And you're, you're a fairly small human being. Um, yeah. What was your wing loading? Do you know? I, yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I'm like 125 out the door to a 107. So. Yeah. So just over yeah, like Yeah. And at, that, at yeah. that time you would have been the same, the same weight and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. At that time. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that more than anybody else on the earth, you have, you have gone over that incident, um, many times in your mind. And if, if there was video would have taken a look at it and you mentioned that you got distracted and I, on a 90 degree turn, which on a, I mean, a katana is kind of a transitional canopy between, um, a non swooping and a swooping canopy. Um, and so it, uh, for the people who don't know, it has, in my opinion, um, similar characteristics to something like a velocity, um, kind of interesting openings. Um, and then, uh, it dives, it dives aggressively when you ask it to, um, unlike a velocity, it's usually a little bit better about coming out of a bad situation. If you need to, if you need to add toggles, um, but, uh, and also it won't, it won't sail nearly as far as, as a velocity, although, in many other ways, it's very similar. So, um, so with under a one wing loading, what, what distracted you? So I think, so going back on that as well, like I was saying how I, you know, wasn't, I, I guess you could say this, I was doing a 90 degree on fronts, which I had been getting into and was learning from, uh, sorry, there's flies in here, um, from like, a swooper that, uh, you know, was starting to give me basics. And I was usually coming out very high, like, you know, and then being like, you can get a bit lower. And I was like, no, I'm good right now. Just seeing what the speed's at, what it's doing. I'd never kind of been close to <laughs> coming out at the right spot. Like I was still quite high. Um, and so I think part of it is also just like my inexperience with, with that, um, as well as getting distracted as well as being like, oh, it's not gonna respond the way I want it to because I'm back on my 107. Um, I honestly just had looked up at someone who landed. I, I'm thinking I got distracted because again, I don't I don't even remember that I landed on my, my butt. Mm -hmm. Like this is being told to me by the person watching it. So again, there's things of like, it's kind of confusing to me. The last thing I really remember is making the turn 
looking up at someone who just landed. I was on a work jump. I was doing a video jump. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, just looking at the other videographers and where they were and their tenants coming in. Um, it was looking up at that person and then kind of back and then hitting the ground. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I assume that played a part in it. Um, if I was too low and then looked away for a second. Um, and, and again, with you mentioning toggles, like, I don't know what happened. The person watching said I, that they didn't think I did anything. Like, like that it oh, would really? make the turn and then mm. hit the ground. Um, they weren't mm. super close to me and it, it was just one person who saw it. So again, it, it, even he was like, there was a lot of things going on where I was like, sorry, can I swear on this? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's an adult podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can. You uh, I mean, Scott never so I asking that. But where he was like, oh shit. And, you know, even before I hit the ground said that like, he had an oh shit moment, call 911 to like the other guy standing there. Mm. So just even his memory is like a little, uh, just from like, like right before I hit the ground, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, like knew that I was whatever would have been done. Wasn't going to recover from it, I guess. But again, mm. that's even me. Cause I, I did bounce and landed on my stomach. Like from what I remember is just kind of that turn and then being on my stomach with the air knocked out of me and like I was trying to say help, but couldn't because I didn't have air. And then that's why it's kind of it's again with the what ifs and going to back, going back and trying to think about it, it was hard because like again I don't know kind of why that happens of not remembering it exactly. I guess it's all happening fast. And then with the traumatic injury, I don't know if there's you know kind of more reasonings as to why you don't remember all the details. Um, but it, it was harder to go back on the what ifs because I wasn't even clear like exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I do know, like, <laughs> the drop zone in it has hard ground. It is not forgiving at all, <laughs> which, which, like, can make a difference. Like, it's very, very hard. It hadn't rained in weeks there. And, like, it's kind of a, a common complaint. It's, like, it's really hard even just landing on your feet. Like, it's just a hard ground. Mm. Um, so there was no there was no forgiving. Because, you know, some people have an accident like that and kind of bounce. And they're like, whew, I got away really lucky. Um, and... Yeah, for mine, it just, I didn't get away, <laughs> didn't get away from it. Yeah. yeah. And what do you, what kind of canopy are you jumping now? I'm on a Pulse 150. Okay. So really I, nice openings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I basically had been kind of a, in the smallest in my rig and then upsized to the biggest I could. So for me, the Pulse was like a packs a size down, which... I was trying to just get as, as big as I could at my canopy when I was first coming back. Cause I, um, I started skydiving again a year after basically, um, right after the surgeon okayed it, which is about a year. And I wasn't sure again, my leg strength then wasn't as it is now. So coming in for landing and being able to lift your legs, like I just wanted the biggest canopy I could, I could have. Um, yeah. I have been meaning to go down to 135. It's just not a super big priority for me and it's more so so it's less tight in my in my rig I, I generally at Summerfest demo Jesse will tell like last year it's like oh yeah you just took the Pulse 135 for the whole week it's like no one else is wanting to demo it in that size so <laughs> Pulse is not the hot ticket yeah it's not <clears throat> so what 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 is your skydiving your return to skydiving been like so that was You've been, the, the accident was six years ago, and then a year after the accident, you started. So you've been back to skydiving for about five years, almost. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. That sounds crazy to me, but I guess so. I guess so, yeah. Um, 
So almost like as much after my injury as, as before, if I started in kind of 2012. Um, yeah, so I started, I did a tandem um, with a lot of friends there with me at my home DZ. That was my first jump back. And then we kind of practiced the landing, like, oh, can you lift your legs? Can you not? Like just sorting that out. Um, and that went well. So then the next day I did a solo jump with two of my friends who are, well, PFF instructors in Canada. So it's like AFF equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, just because we weren't really sure, I kind of had my legs like taped together, kind of similar to the an iFly harness that we have in Canada that's made for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I had gone in the tunnel and used that before I went back to skydiving just to see if, you know, I could be stable, how it kind of worked, because at that point I was fully in my wheelchair and had maybe stood up and taken a few steps, but was not um, like walking around. So I went and did like a, a PFF jump, like a mock jump. They, they were just there in case, um, mm -hmm. just to support, but kind of right away they let go. And then we were all looking at each other like, what do we do now? Like, I guess we did some turns and like, because <laughs> uh, we thought it was going to just be more unstable and it would take a few seconds, but it was like right back to that. And then I just started jumping again. Um, what, do you remember that jump very clear? Like, how did you yes. feel? What, what was that like? Like, I, I want to know, like, what did you feel like in the plane ride when you were leaving, exiting the door? Like, what, what were you, what was... What was it like? It was super exciting. It was like, you know, when you do something new, like a helicopter jump or a hot air balloon jump, like something different in skydiving. And it's just yeah. like pure excitement, especially yeah. when you get down to the ground and you look at your friends and you're just like, that was amazing. <laughs> um, it was really like that, especially because the people who were on that solo jump with me, um, like J-Rod, he had done my actual pff course and gotten me soloed and the other jumper was someone who we started at the same time together and like progressed together and he had you know gone on to being an instructor um so it was with two people that had been there with me from the beginning and seen wow. me through everything so yeah it was definitely really fun really exciting i'm sure i was a bit nervous beforehand same as yeah. i don't know when we have canada sometimes the first jump back after it's been a couple months you just not even like I'm not scared, but just, you know, that little nervous excitement. Sure. Um, but I think I, I've been asked a lot. I think if, if the accident had been out of my control, like something, some crazy, you know, double malfunction or something that had been completely out of my control that went wrong, it might've been different, but because I knew just, you know, I had, I had a perfect jump, I had a perfect canopy and that like I did something wrong. I think it was easier to come back to. I, I wasn't mm. worried about, kind of the uncontrollable things like I know some people if you have an accident and it's not in your control it feels very different to maybe come mm. back to and reckon with um, but for me I was like okay well I'm just not gonna be unsafe in my landing and uh, I know it'll go okay so I yeah. think that maybe maybe changes whether people come back or not or how those feelings kind of come about but no it was just a, a lot of excitement and I, I felt like I, I didn't want to leave the community like that you know it was a, something i was really passionate about and it caused this lifelong disability and i didn't want to just like exit on that negative front mm -hmm. um i i was really passionate about it and always wanted to to come back and I, this is off topic well not off topic but i think skydiving um helped me a lot with my recovery in in dealing with my disability because um i was just so aware of my body and uh 
you know, as I was trying to gain muscles back and you're trying to think about certain movements, like a lot of skydiving is being aware of your body, right? Even when you can't see it, visualizing, like we're talking things and head down, things that are super weird. So this is really hard when you're paralyzed and you're like trying to, it was a lot of visualization. Like you can look down on your legs and try and move it and they're not moving. So you're just, again, all, all the time, I was like closing my eyes, trying to visualize it, like uh, the skills that you kind of develop through skydiving and, and body awareness, I think definitely helps me walk again and, and kind of gain that so they 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 kind of fit hand in hand i think yeah. like no it caused my disability but i also think it really helped um how i was able to kind of recover a bit from that as well and how are your flight skills now compared to before the accident as far as getting back to to where you were are you pretty close similar what, what's um, it like i'm definitely not at the same level that i was at uh, just there's certain things I can't do. I feel like obviously there's a lot to learn, but I think at the time of my injury, I could kind of not do everything, but I was pretty proficient at sit flying, angle flying, head down. I've done big way head downs, like movement dynamic stuff in the tunnel, in the sky. Um, head down is actually easier, easiest for me now. Uh, I, I love belly flying actually. I, I always try and get in some like good four way jumps at Summerfest belly flying, but um, because I can't really arch anymore, I'm really small, and I can't really arch anymore. I'm just so slow on belly, so people can't keep up. And I've been hesitant to add weights around like mm. my broken spine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so head down, like I don't know anyone who's learning head down. The coaches are always like, relax your legs, relax your legs. And <laughs> then I had really relaxed legs, and I was like, I got it. You don't really need these. Like, <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so I think head down has been good. Static was hard at first with fully relaxed legs. And, and sometimes when I'm gaining stuff, my legs kind of get in the way. It's like they kick back to the daffy I would go into, but don't always stay there. It'll just like have one leg that kind of just once in a while remembers its daffy position and goes back and forth. So sometimes they, I burble myself a little bit. Um, but head down and angle are kind of easiest for me now um, because, yeah, you're not using your legs as much sit flying i've been able to sit in the sky briefly it's kind of hit or miss and again i'm very slow because i'm light i i'm back to like early stages of sit fly where you're really wide and big and then everyone else just sinks right out so i kind of yeah. tend to just stay on my head <laughs> <laughs> that's good i i mean i i think it's important to add from an outside perspective that i i, I don't know i've made one or two jumps with andrea since since your injury um and her head down is very good. Like there's there's a lot of people who don't have anything wrong with their body and cannot fly like that. So it's it's very quite it's really quite good. Um, as I recall, the the first jump I made back with her, I was also on my head and came up and and took a dock and we did a little bit of carving and took another dock and um, the kind of jump that makes the highlight real. It's good. Thank you. That, that means a lot. So I, I have a, a question a little more, I don't know if it's not philosophical, but, and if you don't want to answer it, you, you can say pass, yeah. but how did you find like yourself, how did it affect, affect the way that you think about yourself, the way that you think about life, the way that you think about others, like besides just the, the physical aspect and, and skydiving per se, but how else has it affected you? I mean, you seem like just a bright, cheery, like you're, 
you're grounded. Seems like you've dealt with it. I mean, you're you're able to laugh and make jokes about it. Um, so, how? Why? How? What? Yeah. How? Yeah. Um, I think for sure there's things I've I've learned, and I, and you know, it kind of brings important parts of your life or people, I guess, um, to you when you go through something like that. But I think in terms of you saying like I'm seem positive and happy I think like that was always me um so I think that that really helped in my positive outlook like I've just been always like probably like hopelessly optimistic or or stubborn I think you know I was it was also stubbornness that like optimism and stubbornness at the at the beginning um but I think I know some people are like oh I learned so much from this and my life changed so much and I wouldn't take it back for the world and I'm not quite not that I don't, I don't really feel that way and that I don't think I had a huge mental shift on like life and how it works. And I think I already had that, which I, I'm not trying to be like cocky in any way. I just think I already had, you know, with whatever I'd gone through in life or, or friends that I had, like I always just already had that outlook of like, that's kind of why I was skydiving and trying to travel a lot. Like I was like, I don't know how long I'm here. I don't know how long I have this body. So like, I just need to go for it. So that kind of just, I was really glad when it happened that I did all the things that I did. And mm -hmm. I had done a couple backpacking trips in 2017 that I was like, I'm sure I could get away with, with work. And I was like, I'm just going. And like when my accident happened, I'm like, thank God I just did that, right? Um, but I think for sure coming to terms with, like I remember the first time being like, oh, I'm a paraplegic now or I'm disabled and having to like kind of adopt this identity that I didn't want, mm. um, you know, that all of a sudden I had to kind of, yeah, it's a new identity that I didn't feel comfortable in yet. Like I didn't know how to navigate the world as a disabled person. I was really new using a wheelchair. Like I, everything was so new. Um, but I think most, uh, I think people are often like, oh, I don't know if I'd be so happy if I was you, which like, it's kind of offensive sometimes, not offensive. And I'm like, what, do I just sit in bed all day and do nothing? But like most disabled people <laughs> I know are, you be happy. Yeah, are kind of the same, like making jokes. It's like, it's what else are you going to do? Like yeah. we're, we're not here for very long. So just try and have fun and, and have a good time. Obviously there's really shitty days and it's not an easy thing to go through by any means. Um, but I think that was kind of the focus of just like, okay, well, I can't really control this. So let's just try and like find joy, try and find community, like good friends. I think like being here actually, I had a, an injury kind of related to my disability before Summerfest. I haven't actually been jumping here. I've kind of happened the week before and I was like, am I going to come and just hang out? Am I not going to come? Is it more depressing sometimes to be there and not be able to be jumping when you're injured? Um, and I showed up and like, there's, you know, Mike and Matt, two other skydivers in wheelchairs. I met this guy, Jesse, who uses AFOs and crutches, like very similar to me. And I was like, oh, this is so great to see. Like at this one boogie, there's, you know, four disabled skydivers. Well, Nick Fenner too, um, <laughs> who's an amputee as well. So, um, uh, yeah, just finding community in that. And, and if you talk to, talk to any of those guys as well, I think they're kind of the same where like life goes on and we can, you know, be really sad about it. And some days we are, but for the most part, you know, we want to have fun and just, just live life to the fullest as cliche mm -hmm. as that is. Um, so yeah, I think it, it would have 
again, a long answer to how I think about things philosophically, but I think uh, in terms of my identity, that was the hardest part of like coming to terms with the body or like not liking my body and like not feeling at home in it, which is a very weird thing or not feeling good in it or not feeling like I looked good or felt good or kind of meshing all of those things definitely takes time to feel at home in your body again and have confidence, I guess, or, um, yeah. So I think it's just, it's all about adapting. Like we humans adapt really well. Uh, Mm -hmm. you don't really have a choice and so you're kind of forced to do it. But I think, you know, even talking to, because I've gone through this, I've formed a lot of bonds with like, you know, Doug Barron, I'm really close to like people have gone through skydiving accidents. Um, I've been talking with Zach this week a lot and just, you have a lot to relate to kind of instantly once you've gone through something like that. And it has been nice. I don't want to say nice, but because it's happened, it has been nice to be able to then like be there or talk with other people who kind of have something like I'm always happy to be like, even if it's an injury that isn't going to cause a permanent disability. I'm like, I can chat with you. Like I can relate to a lot of this. So, um, yeah, it was, it was helpful to me to have those people when I was injured. And I just want to throw in that for the background of people who don't, no, Doug Barron is a local belly jumper who had a AED fire in his swoop. Um, and so he, um, he had two out, obviously, and his main, I believe his main collapsed. And he, he went kind of through the wing of the otter that was parked and a fence so that, and then he hit the tarmac in Scott Sebastian and um, uh, broke a lot of things. And so he's back to jumping, but but a considerable life change. Um, and then Zach Sopple is the Zach, I believe that you mentioned that, um, he had a, a canopy accident, uh, last year, I think. I think it was, yeah, I think it was just last May. He's up and around, but it's, it's been a tough road for him as well. Um, and I don't think he's jumping much if at all. Um, I talked to him the other day, but, but again, kind of a life change related to, um, which I mean, which is interesting that Zach's injury on the surface, cause he's walking without assistance could seem less severe than yours, but you're able to jump. And I don't, I don't think he can jump. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, just to give a little bit of background about those names that you mentioned. Um, yeah. I, I did have a question Andrea, just cause all these years you said, uh, work, what do you do for work? Uh, that's a great question sorry this came up last night at the tiki um so okay pre-injury i worked in theater and events so backstage like setting up lighting sets doing like lighting design for concerts and theater shows which is pretty physical like climbing a lot of ladders working up high in the rafters and stuff Um, But I have gone back to that a little bit. So I've done a little bit of lighting design work for theater stuff in Toronto. Um, I'm also currently I'm working for the Ontario Parasport Collective. So in the parasport world, which is something I really got into after I was injured. I was always, aside from skydiving, athletic and like doing sports. um, So I've done, been involved in a lot of parasports. Um, And I actually just also got a job with the Canadian Paralympic Committee going to be going to like Santiago with them and actually interviewing athletes and uh, all of that stuff at the Parapan Am Games. Um, But yeah, I've kind of been doing a mixed bag of things. I've always done freelance and contract work, which is why it's hard to answer because it just depends on the contract I get. Um, 
and I have a lot of interests. So my work's kind of all over the place. Good. And one more thing, if I can put you on the spot, we, we glossed over a fact that I w was totally unaware of, and that is that I believe you said you competed in the Paralympics. So I would like to hear what, what did you do and how was that and how was the training and, and did you win or, you know, how, how, how did you feel about your performance? Um, I think I won by just going like that was a win okay. for me was yeah. getting to the Paralympics. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, it was in kayaking. Um, so mm. in the, in the para event or it's sprint kayaking. So it's kind of like rowing, like thin long boats and you're like going down a straight line as fast as you can. It's a 200 meter sprint. So it takes like less okay. than a minute. Is that, a, um, what, what's a skull? That's a rowing thing. Oh, okay. It's not the same. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, eh, that's, a, that's, I think that's a rowing when okay. there's one person in the boat. Okay. I, this is probably wrong. Rowing is like the enemy of kayaking. So. <laughs> <laughs> get those guys. Um, yeah. So training, it was kind of interesting. I, it, it was nice to get into and there was kind of in Rio in 2016 was the first time this event was around. So Canada and Ontario specifically where I lived had been trying to build a team of, of pair athletes to get into the sport. So I kind of did it at the same time as three other people were learning it and adults as well, again, with having that community. Um, and I, I liked it. I was kind of good at it. So I kept going and competing. And then in August, 2019, I was actually like, maybe I'll take a step back next year. I want to do a bit more skydiving. The competitive side is getting like pretty intense. Um, and then I qualified for Tokyo 2020 at the end of 2019. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do one more year. I, just, it, I know this sounds weird, but the times I had and versus what could be there, my coaches weren't putting that pressure on me, but the water was a lot faster over there. It's warm water, the coast course we are on is a lot faster. So the times I was getting at home, like there I was like five seconds faster, which is huge in a less wow. than a minute race, but it's just yeah. water. Like here we're in weedy water that's colder and it's, it's actually a lot slower in there. You're in like warmer water that's a bit deeper. And so, just stuff I wasn't prepared for, but um, then COVID happened. So it was kind of a bit of a tumultuous journey leading up to it, um, training all through COVID, not knowing if the games were gonna happen or not. Um, and then they happened a year later in 2021, just a delay. Um, but yeah, like I said, getting there kind of, you have, to, you have to kind of place top 10 in the world to get a spot there. So for me, that was the win. Um, I made the final of my event, which was my goal. So I'm happy with that. Um, it was, you know, I, I was going just a couple years after I became disabled. So I didn't have meddling hopes like against people who had been doing this for years. Um, so just being there was really fun. Cool. Excellent. Thank yeah. you. No problem. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing a little bit about your story and life. And, um, it's, it's really encouraging to hear and, uh, just nice to meet another fun, happy skydiver. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. And uh, so are you, I didn't understand, you are jumping this week at, at, at Summerfest or you're not jumping? I'm not jumping. Okay. As of right now. But, <laughs> but you have, mark. that's just because you, you just had another little injury or something you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Non-skydiving related. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you for joining us. It's really nice to meet you. Nice to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Blue Thanks skies for angry. coming back to Summerfest. Of course, always. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Bye. See ya. Well, that was awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that, that uh, she was able to join us. That was, that was fun. Yeah, it was, it, I, I had only just kind of met her and, and jumped with her for a few years. Um, when she had her accident. So it was, uh, I mean, it, you know, from the outside and I, I don't know her super well. I'm um, just, just a bummer to see. I mean, she was, is, was, and still is very talented, but, um, when you, you know, for a lot of, um, the uneducated, which I would say I was about back injuries and kind of still am to hear, Oh, they broke their back. They're, they're paralyzed from the waist down. Whew, just take a deep breath and, Oh man, that's a, that's a hard, um, hard bit of information to hear. So, uh, when she came back the following year and, uh, when I was able to jump with her, it was just, I don't know, super, super, super cool that, mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I think she kind of, she said it, but I, I feel like she downplayed it a little bit that the, the doctors were kind of like, you're, you're not going to walk again. This is it. Um, and, and she kind of told them where they could put that. And, um, and just kept charging back and it worked, which, you know, I, th I think probably a lot of people have that attitude and, and I, I'm not to discount anybody who, who doesn't, isn't able to make it work. Sometimes it's, it's just not in the cards. Um, but she definitely charged forward in spite of, of what those doctors were telling her and, and found, a, found a way to make it work, which is super cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who not too long ago was and broke, broke his back. It was in a vehicle accident. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I try to check on him every once in a while and talk to him, but it's like, sometimes I just don't know what to say. You know, I don't know how to encourage yeah. him, how to help him. And, uh, he is a skydiver too. Like, I mean, we, we would jump together and we worked in the tunnel together a little bit, but <clears throat> So, yeah, it's just, it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. I, I, I think we all get to the point where we know that's part of life. And, um, but, uh, it, I, I think that, you know, the way that, the way that she was talking about it is probably something that people who don't go through it don't necessarily think. I think like in the past, when I know somebody has been injured, I, I think in my mind, I look at it like a, this death sentence, you know, and, and everything's over and, everything that you wanted to do now is totally different and you've got this just uphill battle on everything. But the, you know, the limited amount of experiences that I've had with people who have gone through those circumstances is that, I mean, that's definitely not their mindset, I, you know, and, and, um, I had a skydiving friend, uh, that was paralyzed from the waist down, a little bit of use of his arms, um, uh, on a skydiving accident. And, and he did have some dark days, in in the beginning of that time but but he you know he he made it through that and and persevered and and had definitely i mean talking to him you know that that his world kind of turned internal and and he went from a person that he said he didn't really like went before the accident that that, that his life was was kind of changed and and he became someone that he really did like and 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 so whether it's the accident or he would have gotten there of his own, he, he certainly didn't look at it as a death sentence. He, he looked at it as this is part of my life and I'm going to make the best of it, which I believe is, is uh, very similar to what Andrea is saying, even though their, their injuries were, 
were different, you know, and, um, so it's just, I don't know, my experiences as in talking to those people has definitely ch changed kind of the way that I look at it. Not that I, I not that I'm cavalier about it or, or think, oh, that's fine. They'll be fine. Cause it's obviously going to change their life and be a lot of, um, challenges, but, but just stop looking at it. Like, oh, that's, that's the worst thing ever. And, and life is just going to suck. Cause that's, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, that, that's interesting what you said about, um, your friend that he kind of likes himself more now, or he became a person that he actually likes, whereas maybe he didn't like himself beforehand. It made me think of the, the phrase like the, the refiner's fire, how sometimes we go through people, you know, people go through difficult situations. It doesn't have to be an injury. It could be, you know, a, a, a relationship that goes bad or, or hurt, you know, some, something like that. But sometimes some people go through rough things, bad things, difficult things, and it, it refines them like, like gold in a, sure. you know, being refined and it burns off all the negative, all the bad stuff. And what's left is this like pure, beautiful, awesome thing. And then some people go through struggles and difficulty and tragedy and it, it like somehow taints them or makes them more resentful or more negative. But, um, that, that's and this this has nothing to do with skydiving <laughs> just, i mean just you know made me think that like that's the kind of that's because we can't stop difficulty and struggle and problems from happening in our lives right like that's just part of being on this earth those things are going to happen and so it just made me think like i want to be that type of person i want to yeah well certainly listening to andrew's story i mean um, you know, her attitude clearly made a huge difference. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, I know that's kind of cliche, but it's also pretty true. Yeah. 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 Well, you've done it again. Hour you've and nine up, minutes. You've, you've burned up a perfectly good hour listening to Jay, Russ and Chris and Andrea today. That was, that was a fun yeah. conversation. It was good to hear from her. Encouraging. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I know that the, the injury that she's got that she had before she came here, I think is something she's going to overcome and be back jumping next year. Good. It's good to see Very you. good. Cool. Yeah. Well, if you're listening and uh, enjoying the show, we're, we're thankful for you. We're thankful to have you in the audience. And like we said before, any, any uh, questions or comments that you want to pass our way, we'd love to hear those. Send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, um, wherever through the, through the crave website, or if you want to, share a video with us, send us a video of yourself. Um, we'll, we'll be happy to check it out and give you some feedback tips, maybe a little bit of coaching or whatever. Um, but that's, that's why we're here. We want to help everybody do more and, uh, be better, be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Jay Russ, man. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks Chris. Good All right, week. Bye -bye. You See too. You. Bye.